Lead and copper shriveled by the changing weather crackle and heave beneath the unaccustomed tread. And birds stuff shabby nests into corners of old oaken joists and beams, and dust grows old and grey, and speckled spiders indolent and fat with long security swing idly to and fro in the vibration of the bells, and never lose their hold upon their thread-spun castles in the air, or climb up sailor-like in quick alarm, or drop upon the ground and ply a score of nimble legs to save a life. High up in the steeple of an old church, far above the light and murmur of the town, and far below the flying clouds that shadow it, is the wild and dreary place at night, and high up in the steeple of an old church dwelt the chimes I tell of. They were old chimes, Trust me, centuries ago these bells had been baptized by bishops, so many centuries ago that the register of their baptism was lost long, long before the memory of man, and no one knew their names. They had had their godfathers and godmothers, these bells. For my own part, by the way, I would rather incur the responsibility of being godfather to a bell than a boy and had their silver mugs no doubt besides. But time had mowed down their sponsors, and Henry the Eighth had melted down their mugs, and they now hung nameless and mugless in the church tower. Not speechless, though, far from it. They had clear, loud, lusty-sounding voices, had these bells, and far and wide they might be heard upon the wind. Much too sturdy chimes they were to be dependent on the pleasure of the wind, moreover, for fighting gallantly against it when it took adverse whim, they would pour their cheerful notes into a listening ear right royally, and bent on being heard on stormy nights by some poor mother watching a sick child, or some lone wife whose husband was at sea, they had been sometimes known to beat a blustering nor'wester, aye, all to fits as Toby Veck said. For though they chose to call him Trotty Veck, his name was Toby, and nobody could make it anything else either, except Tobias, without a special act of Parliament, he having been as lawfully christened in his day as the bells had been in theirs, though not with quite so much solemnity or public rejoicing. For my part, I confess myself of Toby Veck's belief, for I am sure he had opportunities enough of forming a correct one. And whatever Toby Veck said, I say, and I take my stand by Toby Veck, although he did stand all day long, and weary work it was, just outside the church door. In fact, he was a ticket porter, Toby Veck, and waited there for jobs." and a breezy, goose-skinned, blue-nosed, red-eyed, stony-toed, tooth-chattering place it was to wait in, in the winter-time, as Toby Veck well knew. The wind came tearing round the corner, especially the east wind, as if it had sallied forth express from the confines of the earth to have a blow at Toby. 
and oftentimes it seemed to come upon him sooner than it had expected, for bouncing round the corner and passing Toby, it would suddenly wheel around again as if it cried, "'Why, here he is!' Incontinently his little apron would be caught up over his head like a naughty boy's garments, and his feeble little cane would be seen to wrestle and struggle unavailingly in his hand, and his legs would undergo tremendous agitation as Toby himself, all aslant and facing now in this direction, now in that, would be so banged and buffeted and tousled and worried and hustled and lifted off his feet as to render it a state of things but one degree removed from a positive miracle that he wasn't carried up bodily into the air as a colony of frogs or snails or other very portable creatures sometimes are, and range down again, to the great astonishment of the natives of some strange corner of the world, where ticket-porters are unknown. But windy weather, in spite of its using him so roughly, was after all a sort of holiday for Toby.